Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello to another episode of Meta Sidekicks. Your sidekicks to all things metaphysical. I think I said hello to the, but whatever. It's like Sesame Street. My name's Liv. This is M. M. Say hi. Oh no, I can't hear you. Okay, we fixed it. Say something. Something. Awesome. Where'd you get your shirt? <laughs> I got it from a Pirelli convention. Is that where your mom, it says proud to be a left brain extrovert. Yeah. I'm a left brain extrovert, <laughs> extrovert, introvert. The introvert part is what trips people up because really I don't want to be outside with you. I'll only be outside with you if it makes you feel better. That's the left brain part. Well, I just never heard someone else talk about it other than your mom to describe a horse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, it has a happy horse on it. He's doing like car wheels and stuff. It's me. I'm that horse. Weird. Anyways. <laughs> We are your sidekicks to all things metaphysical, paranormal, spoopy, and in between, because as psychic mediums, twin flames, and business comedians, we fucking say so. So. You two won't like that. They'll get over it. They'll a lot monetize of us. That's my, not how they'll get over it. <laughs> my dad also doesn't like it. He's like, you should use more ladylike words. You have to wait long enough for YouTube to start swearing. I have like have a weird uh, obsession Yours. for um, Dolly Parton now randomly uh-huh. i've always really liked dolly parton but now i'm just like i watch dumpling which has dolly parton in it which is a great i don't movie. know why we're talking oh uh, because dolly parton also swears well you just have to wait long enough so that youtube doesn't take the video down <laughs> maybe i'll learn how to do a poop in it you can't why because you don't upload the video to youtube but i can add it when i edit it then it won't upload the same way what do you mean Oh, you mean in the podcast? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> or there just won't be a word there and people are going to be like, why are you guys even talking about this? Anyways, today we're talking about the Franklin Castle because we did a paranormal investigation there. And why not Why not tell you about how it went and all the things that now we know about it? Because I researched it. Fantastic. Because also our tour guide didn't tell us because he was like, you're going to do you're going to do paranormal research. So you have to know all the things. Yes, he was very excited but about the research aspect of it. Liv like, and I go in blindly, so we knew nothing. So yeah. I didn't know he was expecting us to know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name was Giannis. Giannis. 
He said it was spelled like Jean, but he's from Deutschland, so he yeah, said it spelled like Jean, and that made me think about the character from Bob's Burgers, and I was like, that's how I'm going to remember your name, but it's not how you pronounce it, so mm. our German listeners will correct us, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyways, he was a wonderful man, and he showed us all around his lovely home, and we actually got to play, um, I mean, speaking of research, he was very, like M said, poignant about, you are going to have research and it's going to be important and I need to know about your findings and all of these nice things and I was like okay that sounds professional <laughs> we played hide and go seek with the ghosts so yeah <laughs> I played I spy with the children upstairs <laughs> while you were hiding I think he was expecting us to be like normal ghost hunters which were like um they like find proof that ghosts exist but Liv and I already know that they exist, which is why we played hide and seek and I spy with them instead. Yes. <laughs> There's your proof. <laughs> we weren't playing by ourselves. When you're psychic mediums, you play ghosts in the graveyard with the ghosts at their house. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, anyways. All right. So let's talk about the history of Franklin Castle with a little bit of our own investigation sprinkly doodled in there. So according to wikipedia.com, Franklin Castle, also known as the Tiedemann House, is an American Queen Anne-style Victorian stone house built at 4308 Franklin Boulevard in Cleveland, Ohio. In So it's not a castle then, because it wasn't fortified for defense. Exactly! We talk about this. What did we talk about this? It was, it, it's going to be a podcast that's going to come out. I go on a giant fucking rant about it. I know, but we figured out what a castle is. It has to be fortified for defense, and that defines a castle. It's a mansion. Yes. But it does, in fact, look like a castle, but it makes sense of why it was in a residential area. <laughs> yes, and there is there is a little antidote in here where um, Hans Tiedemann actually added certain things to make it look more castle-esque, however, by the definition. Did he fortify it for defense? <laughs> no, there's no milk in there. <laughs> or a moat. that means. We need milk or a moat for you to be a castle. Well, can't you just have one of those, like, lookout? towers with like a, a bow and arrow or some shit a century a what it's a century but spelled with an s because the american tower? english language is dumb a centaur century it's a, a person that watches in the tower with an arrow well a centaur is a half horse half man what if he's a centaur century Ooh, <laughs> i got a new dream job what, how How is that going to happen? What's your first step to make that dream job come true on your vision board? <laughs> is it first learn how to like become a protector or is it to have half a human horse you body? Probably not ask questions you don't want the answers to. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so this castle house mansion was built in the year 1881. It is in total... Four stories tall, has more than 20 rooms and 80 windows. And I just want to say that the windows, in my opinion, are the best part because they open onto balconies, which serve as literal walkways to and from certain rooms, like epic shortcuts. You just like walk through a window and it's a balcony. To the window, to your best friend's room, like literally. We go into the master room and Liv is like, where does the soul really sad cries, whatever. And I like... Tell her, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, you can go through that window. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? I'm going to go outside here. Yeah. And since this house was built in the Victorian style, the home has all sorts of cool pocket doors, which close to almost hide access to other parts of the home, making it all kinds of secrety cool. That's very dramatic. Very dramatic. There's two doors to walk into every place. So you feel rich going into doors. 
Yeah. And when we went on the tour, Giannis felt rich. Well, I yes, I did feel rich. No, him. Did the he tour feel- guide opening up like like fancy fancily opening doors? <laughs> Well, he does everything very fast, so yeah. very efficiently. Um, well, he told us that the Victorian style of architecture was specifically for that, to be like very ease of access, but also close off entire areas of the house if you didn't want people to know that anything was there. Mm-hmm. So that's just the architect style. And I was like, oh, I love it. I need I need my house to just be like that. I don't know how to do it, but it's going to happen. You just got to split your door, your regular doors into two. Yeah, but teeny tiny doors. So it looks like walls. Okay. You just need two doors. <laughs> and you're just the same space that you would have one door. Yeah. They make them. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of effort. Anyways, so at the time of its erection, Franklin Boulevard was one of the most well-to-do residential avenues in Cleveland, Ohio. Anyone from Cleveland? It was an interesting area, honestly, it to be in. It was a scary area. Are you kidding me? Well, it was really cool because you could see how rich the place used to be, but now every single Victorian home that was built during the same time as the Franklin Castle are like multiple family homes, and there was a lot of activities going on that were or were not illicit. Yeah, he was like, you should stay inside the castle. At all times. For your safety. (laughs) My favorite part was when he told us that there was a bodyguard because uh security guard the security guard yeah and he's like you won't see the security guard unless there's a problem and if you do see the security guard then you should probably find somewhere to not be because then there's a problem (laughs) yeah so not so great area yeah well we were trying to ask him we're like well are we like do we because we want to know if the security guard is in the house and he's like no he's not in the house unless he needs to be but if you see him outside of the house go somewhere nice in the house to because which the rest of our team took that as he was a ghost. He is not a ghost. No, he, he is, is an, an actual person. Actual person, but he's only outside. Because we just wanted to know for like paranormal investigating, like if there was going to be things that we had to discount. And he's like, no, you will not hear him even if you see him. I'm like, okay, that's not scary at all. Anyways, again, the house was built in 1881, but various additions were added up until 1883. It was built by the famed architectural firm Kudel and Richardson for a prosperous German immigrant named Hans Tiedemann. Hans Tiedemann actually was a bank owner. He opened, I think, like First Union Bank or something. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on the bank, but I know that he worked for, he was like co-owners of a bank in Cleveland. So Sounds like fun. Sounds like men things. <sighs> so... The family of the house was the Tiedemann family, which consisted of Hans Tiedemann, the man of the house, his wife Louise, his mother, Vibeka, and their daughter Emma, as well as three other related children who on the internet do not have names. So there were deaths in this house, specifically the following. So on January 15, 1881, Tiedemann's 15-year-old daughter Emma succumbed to diabetes. The property saw its second death not long afterwards when Tiedemann's elderly grandmother, Vibeka, died. During the next three years, the Tiedemanns would bury three more children, giving rise to speculation that there was more to the deaths than meet the eye. Now, this statement bothers me because at first I interpreted it as more of a mystic sort of speculation of the family and the loss of their children. However, given the research I have now done, I realize this statement is a bit more poignantly gruesome, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. (laughs) 
So in order to distract if, distract his wife, Louise, from these tragedies of her children, Tiedemann began extensive construction on the home after its construction in 1881, adding a ballroom on the fourth floor of the manor. So this portion of the house is currently under construction, so we were unable to visit it during our paranormal investigation, which now knowing it was a freaking ballroom makes me a tad bit sad because, like, who doesn't want to party with some cool souls? It's interesting that it's on the fourth floor. (laughs) Usually ballrooms are on the first floor. Yeah, but, I mean, if you built the house in 1881 and your wife is sad and you want to build her a place that she can party and talk to other people. You just built up. Yeah, (laughs) especially when you're a wealthy banker. So also during this building time, turrets and gargoyles were added to the edifice's facade, giving the house an even more pronounced castle appearance. So there's your castle stuff. That's for you. It's still not fortified for defense. (laughs) It's not fortified for defense. Anyways, it is rumored that hidden rooms and passageways were used for bootlegging during prohibition. Though rumored, none of these rooms or passageways exist other than a small stairway used by servants from the kitchen to the first floor. Which, if you were cool enough to go on a tour with the man who owns this house, Giannis, he literally runs down the stairs and tells you, don't run down the stairs like I will, you will die. You will fall. (laughs) Because it's like, it's not a straight down staircase. It's one of those curving ones. So the stairs closest to the inside of of the curve are like tiny, non-existent. And he runs down them at the speed of light, like a Keebler elf light on his toes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he lives there, so. Yeah. But then you, I just was feeling silly the whole time because he was like literally flittering down these stairs. And I was like, you were like, I'm going to fall. My fat ass was like a giant monster. Trying to go down these tiny stairs and not die. You're not a Keebler elf. No, I am a gargoyle. I belong in the facade of the. You are a facade. There we go. My entire life is a facade. Anyways. I really liked the guy. I like the guy who owns the place. He's very nice. All right. So during our tour with the current owner, Giannis, uh, this could have been my own misinterpretation, but it seemed that it was alluded to the fact this rumor is attributed to the Tiedemann family. So the rumor of hidden rooms and passageways used for bootlegging during prohibition, that this was associated to the Tiedemann family. But if the Wikipedia story is correct, it would be impossible for the family to take part in bootlegging because American Prohibition did not begin until January 17th, 1920. And spoiler alert, the entire Tiedemann family had passed by 1908. So how is it that the house was used for bootlegging if they were dead before Prohibition started? Mm -hmm. How did we figure out there were people in there? Like who the people were? What do you mean? Because he didn't tell you on the tour, right? He, like, told us things, but didn't tell us things. He I don't didn't, know what that means. He didn't give us the tour like he gave the people that were leaving when we left. Well, yeah, but you also told me that he just told you not to fall down the stairs. Yeah. So. <laughs> but he also would walk into rooms and be like, this is Han Tiedemann's room. And they almost oh. maybe found bones over here, but I'm not going to tell you about that because you're not here for the tour. And I was like. Because you, like, <laughs> took me around and was like, who do you feel in this room? And I just didn't realize that everyone else knew, maybe, and I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, and, like, Brussels Sprout and um, Anthony did, like, a little bit of research, and Janelle also knew a little bit of things. So between the little bit of things that they knew and then the little bit of things that Giannis was telling us, we were just like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It was very interesting. <laughs> it was a time. 
it was, it was had. A choice. It was a choice. So anyways, it, this may be my own misinterpretation, but through our tiny tour, not tour with Giannis, uh, it seemed that the prohibition and bootlegging and like, I don't know, illicit, illegal, various activities were like associated to the Tiedemann family, but historically that would be inaccurate. So anyways, we'll get more into the specifics of the rumors that are around the family that the internet talks about, as well as a little bit of what Giannis said. But anyways, Luis Tiedemann died from liver disease on March 24th, 1895 at the age of 57. The next year, Hans sold the house to the Mulhauser family. And by 1908, he and the entire Tiedemann family were dead, leaving no one to inherit his considerable personal wealth, which I wanted to look more into because when I walked into Hans' room, I felt this like overwhelming, crushing despair type feeling. And it was it about that. Well, maybe it was about selling his house. Because every time I think about this house, I see this man that's like usually a shadow, but he has like a trench coat on, a like old hat and like a beard and a mustache. Mm -hmm. And that's what he looks like, too. Mm -hmm. But it was alluded to during our tour again, and it might be my misunderstanding of Giannis's talking that there was like some sort of financial ruin that the Tiedemanns went through. So Mm -hmm. that's what I thought he was sad about because I was like, why are you so upset? But also there's weird dark things in there that we're going to talk about too. So it's interesting, all of the like hearsay around this place. Also, all of his children kept dying. What are you eating? That is also true. (laughs) He had reason to be sad. Yeah. (laughs) So the following sentence is what personally bothers me the most, given what I said before regarding the statement. During the next three years, the Tiedemanns would bury three more children, giving rise to speculation that there was more to the deaths than meet the eye. The reason it bothers me so much is that during our investigation, we got to visit Louise's personal bedroom and adjoining reading room and private kitchen, which was described to us during our tour as a place she cherished and both also held the most remorse for. It was the place she was said to read to her children in and then spend most of her time thinking about them after their deaths. This is the place she communicated to me the missing pieces regarding the above statement of her children's deaths. So... It was not that there was any literal foul play regarding the loss of her children. It was the simple but sad fact that their passing could be attributed to internal birth defects, which led to their early passings and mourning families' various speculations regarding their premature deaths. So feel free to watch our paranormal investigation video on the YouTube. On the YouTube. (laughs) To watch my... The YouTubes. To watch where I communicate with presumably Louise Tiedemann. But when we were... On our tour with Giannis, he said that, again, he alluded to the fact, and it could be my misinterpretation, that Louise spent most of her time there very angry and bitter about her children's passing, which makes sense. But she also, he alluded to the fact that she also stayed there and only had her personal kitchen there for people to cook for her. Like, there was bad things going on in the house that she couldn't control. So she tried to just keep away from other people's rumors and speculations and things that people might've been saying to her regarding her children's passings. Like there was some sort of foul play involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that sentence said or made me think of when you read it the first time. Yeah. But in reality, I don't know how much of that is actually true because she told me like 
this is yeah. actually what happened to my children. The rumors. Yeah. That she was hiding from. <laughs> ah, got it, got it, got it. Those are the rumors that people think that she's doing it. Yeah. So now this follows into the next thing of what Emma and I are talking about. Rumors of crimes committed in the house by the Tiedemann, including sexual indiscretions and murder, have contributed to the Franklin Castle's reputation as a haunted house. Weird. So now I'm thinking about what Yana said of like, there was foul play and there was murders and all these horrible things regarding the family and she just wanted to stay in her house. This is when I read this and some soul whispered in my ear like clear cognizantly and was like, you should see how the Germans were treated during the time that they lived in their house as immigrants. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was like, I didn't think that in the 1880s German immigrants would have been like treated badly, you know? It's before the First World War and the Second World War, so it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, makes sense of why she uh, didn't come downstairs and wanted to be upstairs. Yeah, so if your husband is a prominent banker in the area, owns this house, and you've lost children, but you're all German immigrants, I researched what the American viewpoint of German-American immigrants were during the time in which the Tiedemann family would have lived in this house. So I wrote... Again, during our tour, which I may have misinterpreted this information as being associated with the Tiedemann family, but we were told that the Tiedemann family were involved in harboring Nazi sympathizers and or escapees. However, given the family's timeline within the home, this would be impossible given that the Second World War did not begin until September 1st, 1939, and the end of the First World War did not happen until November 11th, 1918. So anything of the sort would have taken place during the home's next occupation period, which is much more elusive. So from 1921 to 1968, the house functioned as a home to various German and cultural organizations. So if any illicit activities such as bootlegging or Nazi sympathization took place, it would be during this time. However, much of these rumors hold just as much weight as just that. Rumors. (laughs) Because during this time... In American history, World War I was spun to blame the German people for many of the blights of the Great War. German immigration was huge during the late 19th century and into the early 20th century, with immigrants shooting from 1,500 to 15,000 in just a few short years. Quote, assimilation, which is still a giant word that Americans like to use today regarding immigrants, Assimilation into the American culture began to grow as a point of contention when many schools and newspapers specifically created for the German immigrants of America grew and grew. So at this point in America, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, so the 1870s to the 1920s, there were specific like schools just for German immigrant children. And the Americans didn't like that because they weren't assimilating into American culture. These schools are where... There's probably a reason why there were those schools, because those kids were probably getting bullied at other st- schools. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it goes into World War One propagation, or not propagation, propaganda from, like, the intelligence agencies saying, like, make sure that you're not talking really loud because there are spies everywhere. <laughs> Jesus. And it makes me angry because I'm it's not going to go into the dissertation of World War One, but at that point in time, like, the countries in which you had, like alliances with was super important and that was before what is it like the un and things like that so what ended up happening is germany got sucked into the wrong side of the great war or world war one because they had a 
what is it? What did I just call it? Assimilation. The Great Wall. The Great Wall. Alliance. (laughs) Because they had alliance with the losing side of the team. And then just basically because when the Treaty of Versailles was written at the end of World War One, literally Germany just fronted the bill for everything for literally fucking no reason, which is basically the reason World War II happened. But we're not going to get into that. So I'm just letting you know that is what America spun as the eye to the German people at the end of World War One. That is what they made the German people look like literally just because. So it annoys me. <laughs> but just think about it. At this point in time, that was the eye of the American people. That was before World War II, before Nazis. It was just not cool. So given this information, you can easily see how tumultuous, even scandalous rumors could have been born from the surrounding city people as the years went on. Do you have anything else to say about that? Well, what were you guys talking about when we were there? Oh, so we were downstairs and Giannis was telling us about how in the servants' quarters, in the kitchen area... When you first walk in the front doors, you go down the steps that will kill you. (laughs) That are the secret stairways or something. And it's the serving quarters. And then to the left is where the kitchen would have been. And they said that there was like rumored to be Nazi propaganda and like Karl Marx socialist things underneath there. Which reading socialist things is fine. You're allowed to do that. But at this point in America, they were so afraid of communism and socialism that even if you talked about it and you weren't pro-capitalist, you were going to get like tar and feathered, especially if you were a German citizen, which is not the coolest thing in the world. Hmm. So he alluded to all of this Nazi propaganda and socialist memorabilia being underneath the stairway of the front part of the house, as well as rumors that whole like people from Germany and the Nazis were coming to be shipped over almost as a leeway from the houses, like to escape Germany and people found out about it and to cover it up, they just like firearm style killed everybody down there. So in the house or just in the area? In the house, under the stairs. But that's not true. I don't think so. Because that's what we were asking souls. And I was like, I don't know what Russell is talking about. <laughs> exactly. And that's why when I was doing my research and I heard someone clear cognizantly whisper in my head, listen and look up what the American people thought about the German during this time. So they found the memorabilia in the staircase? Yes. Rumored. <laughs> Rumored. So they don't know if it's actually there? Giannis didn't say whether or not they f- he, like that he physically found it, but yeah. And nobody, there's no like actual proof of people being f- like fireline killed in the kitchen area of the servants' quarters. So what was the memorabilia? I don't know, like Karl Marx books about socialism and paintings of the different like crowns of Germany and things like that. Interesting. Which is history nonetheless so i'm not for the destroying history fear-mongering thing of like if you have these things it means that you're propagating the bad it's like no that is history it's you have to understand the bad to understand the good and if you forget the bad then there's not gonna be any good so i don't (laughs) see necessarily horrible things with that because it was a german house and so who are you asking about that was that when the like house was answering you like that little poltergeisty house thing this was just when i was um doing research 
in the past couple of days. No, it, when we were in the house, you were asking something if the ideas that or the rumors about the Nazi people being shot in there were true. Oh, yeah. I don't remember who I was talking to specifically, but I feel like it was the house and just the souls that were related to the house that were like, that's not true. Because if we were like, if we were working with stuff like that, it would be hard for them to not say anything about it, especially the house itself. Because we were in that uh, downstairs room with the bed. And that's when Russell was like telling you about all the stuff that he researched. Mm -hmm. And you were like, "Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, it does say from 1921 to 1968 that the house functioned as a home to various German and cultural organizations. So the harboring and like immigration secretively of Germans during World War II and World War I could have been possible. But does that mean that all of them are bad or horrible people? No, they're just trying to get away from a bad situation. Like literally every fucking immigrant in the history of immigration existence. Yeah. So to have... And then given the fact that the American eye of German-American immigrants during that time was so scandalous and scrutinized, it doesn't boggle my mind to think that other people made those rumors. Yeah. Whether it was about the Tiedemann family and their deaths of their children to make fun of them, which is why Louise is like, screw you people. I'm just going to fucking stay in my house and do nothing because I hate all of you. That's probably also why the man was so depressed and angry yeah i mean yeah. i'm sure he's like think you said you alluded it to being that dark thing it's not well there's a dark thing in the room though too i don't know that it's necessarily dark it's just the house well there's more to that room after someone else bought it okay so i think that's where the dark thing arises from okay more so than the rumors but we'll get to it anyways that is what my giant soapboxes about things and that people should just be nice to other people and not like suspiciously obnoxious all the time unless there's an actual reason like be nice (laughs) it's what your mom's taught you if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all so anyways in january 1968 james romano and his wife and six children settled in the home the romano family reported several encounters with ghosts in their new home and attempted exorcisms and even had a now defunct ghost hunting group the northeast ohio This is the family after them? So the Tiedemanns own it from 1881 to 1908. Okay. And then this is the next family? Well, from 1921 to 1968, the house functioned as a home for various German and cultural organizations. And then after... So I was like, oh, we're doing that just just because? (laughs) Yeah, no, after it was used for the German cultural things, probably schools and other buildings to keep their culture intact in a sense of community it was sold to james romano his wife and six children so the romano family reported several encounters with ghosts in their new home and attempted exorcisms and even had a now defunct ghost hunting group the northeast ohio cyclical research society investigate the castle by 1974 the romanos decided to leave the house and sold it to sam muscatello which is hilarious because it went from german to italians (laughs) And I just appreciate that. Uh, Who planned to turn, so this Sam Muscatello, planned to turn the castle into a church. To raise money for the church, he had haunted house tours and overnight stays at the castle. Human bones, quote unquote, were found in a closet in 1975, but it's believed that they were planted by the new owner looking to gain publicity for his ghost tours of the property. 
That makes no sense. So I'm going to make this a church, but beforehand I'm going to do haunted tours in it so that I have money to make it into a church. What? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to put bones in it to make it more haunted. Spooky bones. It's actually just like a chicken. Anyways, this was alluded to during our tour as well. And the idea of making the home into a church. I don't quite remember what, what I said during the video aside from the bones that if they were not planted, like Wikipedia says, were placed by a mourning family member of the deceased, which was not too uncommon during the turn of the century and early into the 1950s. The most I remember is that there's a dark entity in the room that was telling me things, the room being Hans Tiedemann's bedroom. So any things that the dark entity in this room were telling me were just embellished ideas of what people have surrounding the space cultivated to intimidate and scare you. So it has little to no true meaning. That but was, it only came up during you talking about this church. Yeah. Why? Because I think the dude that had the church is weird. Oh. Is it the dude? It's the ideas around the dude. Oh. It might be the dude itself, but I don't want to go that far. Because, <laughs> again, it's a dark thing and it just lies to you. But that's the weird thing that wouldn't stop turning the fucking music box off. Remember? Well, yeah. But also I saw a shadow figure in uh louise's kitchen at area yeah and it wasn't a scary thing that's okay it was just like the house elf if that makes sense or like they kept telling me it was kind of like the mice in the cinderella house Mm -hmm. was that one of those no it was when we were in hans tiedemann's room remember that i know yeah well louise's (laughs) room is way different from hans's room yeah but you told me that there's something like that in every single room that's like poltergeisty but it reflects the ideas of the room oh 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 yeah it's like they all each room makes up like the house the weird scary stuff but not all of them are scary i remember what you're talking about now (laughs) yeah so that's one of those yeah 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 yeah. i forgot it's been a while (laughs) yeah because i'm like you're talking about it like it's not a part of the house but it is a part of the house. There's just negative associations to that space. Yeah. Because people so. found bones there and because this guy was like, oh, I'm going to have haunted tours. Yeah. And I mean, the, the to give credit to the family that owned it, the Romanos in 1968, that was during the Satanic Panic. So they were like, exorcisms. Yeah, because um, the shadow figures in that house are not like the shadow figures that are in the Fairfield place. Because I was upstairs in the Fairfield attic. Yeah, that's And those things were scary. But the shadow figure staring at me in Louise's room didn't feel scary. No. It wasn't scary. It felt very calm and just like inquisitive. physically see it. (laughs) That's scary to me. It wasn't scary. Because I was like, I don't know why I'm not scared right now. And then I went to Fairfield and I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Because the ones in Fairfield there are scary. Yeah. It's the feeling around them that is scary to me. <laughs> yeah. But the feeling of the shadow figures in Franklin Castle aren't scary. Mm-hmm. So, But the weird one in Hans Tiedemann's room is like the only scary one. I don't even think he's that bad. It was so annoying though. I just hate, well, it was telling it me really weird things though. It's because it's like rumors of the house. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. And the rumors are then? scary. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it was like, 
people were murdered here. The Tiedemans killed someone and put their bones in the walls. And like yeah. all of this like fucking scary ass shit that is 100% not true. So to it's me, it was the scary. manifestation of the rumors. Yeah, but to me, those were scary. Even if I was alive, I would think those were scary. Yeah, but they're they're not. They're just words is what I want to say. Yeah. But when you have they're someone. They're not like the things in Fairfield that like were actually happening to people. Yeah, like that's true. actions, which is why it was like heavier and grosser up there. Yeah, that's true. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But anyways, it was annoying. Did not like it. In 1982, the location was ad- added to the National Register of Historic Places. And in early 1984, Michael Davinko, which was, uh, he was Judy Garland's fifth and last husband, purchased Franklin Castle and almost immediately started making major renovations to the house. And over the next 10 years, Davinko spent close to $1 million renovating the castle, even going so far as to track down some of the original furnishings for the castle. But despite all of this, Davinko put the house up for sale in 1994. Then I guess a woman who worked for Yahoo bought it. And the house caught on fire and she was like, I give up. (laughs) And then someone else bought the house. And um, well, between the person that owns it now and this other woman that was a part of Yahoo owning it. And there was a house fire in the house itself, probably from like old electrical. There was rumors that this place was going to be like a quote unquote dance party bar place, like rave and also like sex dungeon. (laughs) And there was... For like a couple years, just crazy rumors. <laughs> Still, what rumors is up with about this house, it. dude? I don't know. Well, I think it's funny because I know in Germany there are clubs that are like sex clubs, literally. Like you can go there to like dance, but also just have sex with people for just cause. Okay. And I think it's funny because it's a German house, and the rumor was that it was going to be a dance party sex club. <laughs> so I like how that's funny. It's fun- it's funny to me. So it's just like the rumors don't stop about the house. People need to just stop spreading rumors. It's just somebody's house and life happened there. Get over it. But it was a very fun experience. I feel like of all the places to go back to and have fun, it would be the Wilson Castle and this place. So then who were the people that we were seeing from the 70s? Yeah. Yeah, what? Who was The Romanos. Oh, so that's who they were? Yeah. They, They had children? They had six kids. And they're, were they blonde? I don't know. I do remember that because we were talking about them in when we were in Louise's kitchen. Because she has a bedroom, reading room, kitchen. Like all in sort of a little like corner of the house. And when we were in the kitchen, there was a blonde girl that said she was from the 70s. And at this point, we didn't know anything about the Romanos family at all. Which is cool. I didn't think about that when I was doing the research. Yeah, that's why I was like, because we told that man at the end of the night. And he was like... Oh, interesting. Like he knew things. Oh, okay. (laughs) And she was telling us that she used to go there to visit her grandparents or something. I don't know. It was interesting. It's a fun time. Yeah. So we did things in in the house. We played hide and seek. (laughs) Which really was the the best part. 
So the premise of the game was we all had to take a flashlight and find a spot in the house to hide and because souls know, see, hear, and feel everything, tell them not to look. And they had to find us first. And whoever got found first, their flashlight would turn on. And then- was the only one found. Um, but also I was in this like closet area place in the servants' quarters. And there was a man standing there with me. And I was like, are you going to talk to me? And he didn't say anything. And Anthony and Janelle walk down the stairs that are literally next to me. I have my camera light on. And because they're there, I just like turn the camera light off. I was like, they won't know I'm here. (laughs) And then my camera battery started dying. And I was like, oh, this is probably bad. (laughs) So that's when the man turned my flashlight on. And then I found everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, Was there people hiding with you? Yeah, there was a little boy on the floor with me when I was upstairs. There was a little boy that uh, tried to scare me with the little spiders that were everywhere because they, like, do haunted house stuff here. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And you were in the same area that I was when he was making fun of the spiders with you. Yeah, because there was, like, it was dark in there. So there was this huge spider on one of the, like, pictures, but there weren't spiders anywhere else. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a giant spider that's just on the wall because we, we went to a place that had giant freaking cricket things. So I go up there and it's just a plastic one. There's a little boy spirit that like is behind me laughing and then runs away. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, see how we're going to do this. That is hilarious. Yeah. That was that boy. Yeah. Did he have blonde hair? It was like light. Sandy brown. Yeah. Yeah. Like dirty blonde. And there was an older boy that had brown hair that was like curlier. Yeah. No, I, I decided to hide. So the premise was they had to turn on the flashlight and once the soul turned on the flashlight then you and the soul had to help each other to find the next person so did when you were looking for people did the soul help you find other people or did you just wander around you guys are bad at hide and seek (laughs) russell was sitting in a chair obviously i knew where anthony and janelle were because they walked down the stairs next to me yeah they just didn't know where i was (laughs) yeah i was almost was on the floor next to the couch next to it i was scared okay i walked over and was like uh-huh <laughs> okay bye yeah i was laying on the floor in front of the couch in the living room and there was the little boy and then this older man's soul who i think was hans and he was like you're literally in the most conspicuous place in this whole goddamn place what yeah. the fuck and i was like Shh, you're gonna give me away i was like either you tap this flashlight or you leave me alone <laughs> And I turned off my camera for a second because I was like, I'm going to give Russell and like M a place to like stop and just like throw this fucking video footage yeah, out. Yeah, really screwed Russell up. So well, maybe it, don't do that in the future. Well, it's annoying because as soon as I turned off the camera to try like turn it back on again, the fucking flashlight went off. And I was like, you guys are doing this on purpose. I'm like, I'm going to give you one more chance to turn this flashlight on when I turn this camera on. And they're like, we're not going to do it because you're in the most conspicuous place. You need to be found almost last because it would be funny to us. And I was like, mm, God, they're like, we're just going to make sure you lay on this floor for another 10 minutes. Russell was found last. <laughs> he was. If I would have hit upstairs. He was sitting in a chair. If I would have hit upstairs and he wouldn't have had to go. You, you went through the, the, you were in the basement. Then he went to the first floor. That's where I was. And then he went to the third floor, which was where he was. If I went to the third floor and I was sat in front of any other couch, I would have been found last. I should have hit in in the kitchen, like under the table. We also did solo missions. I don't think you got anything, right? No, she didn't talk to me at all. <laughs> so there was a, a room in the basement, bottom floor. I don't know. And there's like a bed in there and then like a 
record player mm-hmm. and he's like the guy that like the own the place the tour guide was saying that this room was like weird or something yeah it's his least favorite room so he made it where we put all of our things <laughs> what'd you say about it did you find anything about that okay so he calls it michelle's room i mm-hmm. believe and michelle is the lady that i saw when i walked in yes yeah, the second I walked in, they you walk. It's kind of like a split level where you walk into the stairs and you have to walk up to go to the first floor and down to go to the basement. So we walk in and there's this lady that just like huffs to us. I saw her physically and she walks back up the stairs and we go apparently into her room. And I guess that's Michelle. Yeah, I don't know if it's speculated that she was one of Han's sexual illicit whatever's. Or if she just lived there at one point in time when it was part of the 1926 to 1968 or whatever, where the cultural German stuff was, which probably she was. But he says he hates that room, which is why he always plays music for her. Because <laughs> he's like, I just want her to leave me alone. <laughs> but I guess he's had like horrible, scary experiences in there. But she probably just messes with him because she gives that vibe off. But when okay. I was down there, she was like, I'm not talking to you. This is stupid. <laughs> so... Also, so they were they kept dead bodies down there. Yeah, I felt like at one point they had like a morgue area down there. I don't know where that information came from. It was like from the house, not necessarily from a person. Interesting. But it's also weird that when you walk in there, there's just random ass room and there's just the bed in the middle. So maybe it's also just my egotistical mind that's like they kept the bodies in here. Because also right above is it's like the front turret of the house on the first floor where the family room is. That's also where they would keep the Christmas tree. And the dead bodies during wakes in the house. Naturally. He said it was German tradition for them to put the body in a chair sitting straight up and tape their eyes open. That's horrifying. So that people could talk to them before they buried them. Why do they need to have their eyes open for that? Cool. (laughs) So also it would make sense to me that the servants would have to like prep them downstairs in the basement before they brought them upstairs. But that's just me weird and i thought there's dead bodies in there before he told us that that's where they propped the bodies in the chairs with their eyes open so she didn't talk to you no not at all during the video not when i was videoing i played i spy with children what did you have though what do you mean what did i have i had our base no what equipment did you have i had cat balls i had uh the the talkie thingy she didn't use the talkie thingy either no, not that I don't, I don't think any of the words made any sense to the oh, questions so I was asking. words though. Yeah. But I think it was just the thing going off, not actually things talking to me. And I also had flashlights and she was like, screw you, you drink milk down here, like a loser. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a canteen of milk. <laughs> Jeez, that's disgusting. I played, hide, I played, I spy with the children in Louise's like kitchenette area mm-hmm. and, um, why I could see the children. So I put two flashlights out and I had the uh, music box. They did not use the music box, but they used the flashlights. So I was like, there's literally like four or five children just around. So I'm not going to ask the children questions because that's weird. So I played I Spy with them and I won three rounds. And then uh, Louise came around and started answering questions. And that's when I turned around and I saw a shadow figure standing in the doorway and I was like, oh, are you touching the flashlight now? And they told me that they were a poltergeist manifestation of the energy of the room. So they describe it similar to how the mice in Cinderella, the movie Cinderella, how they are able to like live in the walls and they're just a part of the house. 
that's how they describe themselves. These little like poltergeisty things that aren't poltergeisty things, but they are poltergeisty things because they're from the house, but not people. Yeah. When we say poltergeisty, we just mean a manifestation of energy from other people's energy or things' energies. That yeah, because people think poltergeists are like let me flip things up for that down. They they think they're the cats of the <laughs> spiritual realm, but <laughs> they're just manifestations of energy that don't necessarily have enough energy to be a conscious being. So yeah, so they usually tell you things about like this is where I came from, which is why I was getting all the scary ass shit in Tiedemann's room. Yeah, because it was the manifestation of rumors. Next time you talk to the scary ones. Well, I was You're going like, they're to. Not even scary you were like, to me. don't talk to them. And I was like, okay. Did I say that? Yeah. I was on some shit. Next time I'm pushing you in front of the poltergeist. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it was a good time. I would recommend people going there. Go support it. Because the man who owns the place now, Giannis, and I'm sorry if I've been saying your name wrong the entire time is a lovely eccentric human being who really just wants the house to like look nice and is doing very very lovely things for renovating it and keeping it in its pristine character so so you want to say something about zach is it zach bagels oh bagel bites yeah okay so russell was so excited we stopped at this pizza shop around the corner to get dinner before we had our investigation and russell was showing us um ghost adventures because he was doing research about the place and em and i didn't know anything so when we finally got there he showed us the ghost adventures zach bagel bites video of or episode when ghost adventures went to the franklin castle like before it closed and there is footage of one of the team members being downstairs by the front window in the servants quarters so the windows that go down into the floor of the basement where the servants quarters is so you walk in the front door go down the swooshy little stairwell and stuff and then there's windows where the servants lived one of his team members was down there and they caught the silhouette black shadow figure of a dude in like a hat walking past the window stopping a little bit to look and then walking again and they were like naturally it's a spooky ghost guys it's the freaking uh the the the, the security guard. Yeah. Cuz Yana's told us he's like if you see a guy walk past the windows on the ground floor with a hat on it is just the security guard. Also if you see him get to a secure place cuz you're not going to see him unless there's suspicious activity outside. So it makes me really happy that we debunked Zach Bagel Bites. You're welcome. Like literally. <laughs> Because the guy, the the tour guide literally explained what this guy looks like. And I looked at Russell and I was like, Russell, I'm going to shit your pants. So I also have another question. We were in the basement, like the servants quarters. And um, we were doing the SS method, which is like sensory deprivation, where I was listening to the spirit box. And you guys said that it was like really accurate, but I have no idea what I was saying. So. Oh, yeah, you were talking to a whole bunch of people. But what were you asking me? I don't know. What remember. was it about? It was a long time ago. You were the one asking questions. I was just answering them. I don't know. We were asking like how many souls there were, if there was a dude there. Because after that, Anthony was like, how did you do that? I tried that and I didn't get anything. And I was sitting there like, well, I don't know. I don't know what you guys were asking. I don't know if it made any <laughs> sense. I was just telling you words. 
Yeah. And at <laughs> one point, the flashlight went on. I do remember that because we had the flashlight on the mantle and it was like, Whoa! and it turned just on. Just once. Just once. Just, just to f- fiddle with us. Yeah. There was a lot of souls. We were talking to a lot of people. So if was you want that. people? What? Yeah. Some servant people, some other people, some children, I'm sure. But if you want that, that content, go watch the YouTube video. There's going to be a link in the show notes. You can watch all of it. But if you're interested in the other three, well, other two places, because we did a trifecta of ghost investigations, our next video podcast is going to be Fairfield. Infirmary. Yeah, it's a hospital. The you upstairs say it. is a scary. You say it. No, she makes fun of me. Why the hell would I say it? You add an extra R and it makes me happy. To uh, I say things with emphasis. I say it right in my head, but it doesn't come out right. Emphasis. It's called dyslexia. Emphasis. Auditory processing disorder. Infirmary. <laughs> it's my favorite. I really like it. It's very endearing. I say frustrated instead of frustrated. Okay. <laughs> Probably because you also have dyslexia. <laughs> Bradley Bradley likes to make fun of me when we're in arguments because he's like, are you mad at me? I'm like, I'm not angry or mad at I'm you. frustrated. And he's like, are you frustrated? And I'm like, I'm going to punch you right in the tummy. Can't see my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you just literally take that R and you go whoop right out the door. I'm like, like I don't need the R because I'm already angry. I'm glad that you have all the same weird things that I have. So, ha, you ready for a dad joke? He also gets upset when he mispronounces biological things because he's a little tree nerd now. And I uh, correct him. He's like, I just want to say how I want to say it. And I'm like, you can say it however you want to say it. But if you're talking to other people, you're very smart and intelligent. I want them to know that you're smart and intelligent. So this is how you actually say it. So, yeah, I'm ready for a dad joke. So this is from Brandy. Brandy, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to use all of yours until Liv... (laughs) finds one on apple Podcasts because she doesn't do that anymore apparently i mean i do but no one's been leaving anyone's so if you guys want to get featured as a dad joke on our next podcast and you watch us or listen to us on apple podcast make sure to leave a dad joke in your review so brandy's dad joke is why did the mythical creature have such a high opinion of himself this is a good one for this podcast just say I mean, if I was a mythical creature, I'd have a high opinion of myself. So, um, I mean, I'm not even a mythical creature and I still do. Leo so. jar. <laughs> you got an answer? Can I have a get? Can I have a hint? I already gave you a hint. <laughs> a Leo jar? No. Before oh. that. Say it again. What was the question? It goes with this podcast. That's your only hint. <laughs> Because they weren't a medium, they were a large? I don't know. No. Because he thought he was the centaur of uh, the universe. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I was like, this is too perfect. Jesus Christ. My dreams of becoming a centaur as a century. On top of the castle. (laughs) In a castle that's fortified for defense. Will you give people milk? No, milk is disgusting. Fortified with A and D. Milk is disgusting. (laughs) If you guys like podcasts like this, please, like Em said, let us know by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a, a good old ratey doodle on Spotify. But until next time, we are your meta kicks. Wow. <laughs>
I do want to say that I found that dad joke in the Discord. So if you're a patron, you can see this. But then after that, Riker and Brandy start fighting about how bad a dad joke that was. You're welcome. I also just really like that we disproved. Stop it! Because Riker is me. You're welcome. (laughs) That we disproved Ghost Adventures. Because no one went there. And when our video comes out, we're going to be like the second people on the internet that go to this place. And I'm so excited about it because it was such a great experience. Ghost Adventures is like, how are they going to know? No one's going to know. How are they going to know? Boom! Meta Psychics. 